0: So, I want to take just a few minutes this evening. This is the first time that I think I've done this with everybody in the room. Um, this awakening series is wrapped up specially for each and every one of you, so that you understand the, the mission, the vision, and the values of Grace Capital Church. Um, real quick... Last February, we were all gathered together in a room. Pastor Peter had just handed the church over to Pastor Mark Warren. And we prayed, and we knew we needed to do this as a church, but we, gra- we gathered all the, the pastors together um, and sat in a room with branding specialists. And when I say branding specialists, all they are are people that spur on thought. They ask very difficult questions, and they brought us through this process of determining what is Grace Capital Church. We've known it for a while, because we've been doing it <laughs> for quite a few years under Peter. But when there, when there was a time of that change, we needed to come back and say, what are we doing and why? And... Sometimes when you go into ministry with the vision that you said yes to years and years ago, you have to look back and say, are you still doing the vision, or have you gone off? Have you guys ever played golf? Or you guys know the concept, I mean, come on, you know, Frisbee golf, golf. it's a good time, really is a good time. And um, if you are off just by one degree, you're off by yards at the fairway or at the hole, wherever you want to play. Do you know what I'm saying? At the hole, okay. At the green, that's it. Um, you're, you're off by a lot. So you have to really be, you, you got you, you to gotta be right on the money within your vision to, to maintain what it is God has called you to over the time. So long story short, it was a grueling two or three days and weeks of praying, weeks of reassessing, going back and forth, and finally, we just came out of that meeting and came out of the, the times that we spent together just solid, knowing that the vision that we started as is still alive and still strong, but we worded it differently to become more intentional about how we, we follow this vision. So I want to throw the vision up on the screen for each and every one of you today. Um, do we have that? The, I'm sorry, the mission. The mission is to go create communities that develop people, families, and leaders to know and enjoy the presence of God and to restore every person, town, and city. It's a pretty wild mission, okay? And our vision statement says this a family of grace capital churches living out Jesus message to bring heaven to earth wherever we are and wherever we are sent if you remember there was a there was a vision statement that we lived by and what we what we determined is that this is much more direct and refined the old vision was not bad in fact it's what started this whole thing going so we're very proud of it. But now that we have a little bit more clarity as to how we're going to do these things, if we throw the, vision, the, the mission back up there, I want to say something um, where it says that we develop people, families, and leaders. I will say that I, I felt like I was in a press room right there, just to say. <laughs> um, when... I first came to Grace Capital Church. I looked on the website. I'll be honest with you guys, the website is what brought me to Grace. Okay. That's how many years ago? 9 years ago? 10, 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. And that's was the tagline that we had as Grace Capital Church, building people, families and leaders. And I love the fact that it's still in our mission today. It gives me such great joy to know that, and this is it—to know and enjoy the presence of God. That is our the chief end of all man. To know and enjoy the presence of God. And so, with that, we go into the vision, and we understand what it means to be a family of Grace Capital Churches. We are not clones; we are a family. There are things that tie us together, some design elements that tie us together, the heart, the vision, the mission tie us together, but we are a family of churches. Manchester looks totally different than Laconia. looks totally different than Pembroke. But what we realize is that we are on board with one mission and one vision. Now, with that, we say, okay, what's our, what's our core values? What are the things that we... You can find this online if you go to Grace Capital Church and there's a little menu up at the top left-hand corner. Click on that, go to About, and then there's another little menu that says Vision. Not Vision, I'm sorry, Values. Here's our values. God's presence changes us. This is the first week that we started off with Awakening Series. The Holy Spirit empowers us. People matter to us. And this is what we did, we talked about last week. And today, we're going to be talking about Generosity Becomes Us. Our community should want us, you and me make us, and the truth, the word of God is in us. Those are our values. And so this is how we go into every ministry. This is what we look at as we build ministries. Does it fit this? If it doesn't, we don't do it. Okay? You could read more descriptive um, explanations for all the values and why they're there, and why we don't have just one word for every value. We have sentences, because we have a lot to say. (laughs) But I want you guys to see this with your own eyes, so that it's not cloudy, and it's not, um, you're wondering, well, what was this whole Awakening series all about again? You know, because... Going through, um, I I mean, we get excited. Honestly, we should have started with this, but here we are, week four. Um, We want you to know what it is we're all about as a church. And honestly, where God is pushing us in the direction we want to go. So it's not just like what we've done. It's where we are going as a church. Churches need to have visions in order to be... Impacting the people that we are a part of. Otherwise, we get lost. Um, it's, not, it's not enough just to open the Bible, although that's really good. Open the Bible, it's the authority, the Word of God. But it's important to be moving in one direction as a body so that we can change lives. And it's Jesus that changes lives and how we are used by God which totally goes into our message here today about generosity becomes us. When I say generosity becomes us, I want to ask you guys a question. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say generosity becomes us? Throw it out there, guys. Money? Okay. Generosity becomes us. What is that? What does that look like? Sacrificing yourself. Boom! That's it right there. Okay, we could all go home. Um, what else? What other things have what, when you hear generosity becomes us? What does that mean to you? Have you ever heard it that way? Say, selflessness. Yeah, right. Well, um, I'm not a believer in the extremes of the prosperity gospel. I won't even call it a gospel but the prosperity message. You're not going to find me telling you that if you give all your money to the pastor that you're going to have a heavenly bank account that's going to be overflowing with resources and finances that you could just whip out anytime that you feel like it. That's not it, okay? But I will say that I, I do understand that God is a God of prosperity, okay? He desires us to prosper in many different ways. He desires his people to prosper. He also desires his people to suffer. Gonna be honest with you guys, the American culture hates that. But that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I know people in this room that are suffering right now, it's not very good. And on the outside. What it does on the inside is incredible. So if you all squirm in your seat and you're wondering, what you know, what's that all about? Well, wait and see how Jesus uses the suffering for your spiritual good. I'm going to move this like this. There's a perfect, okay, cool. All right, yeah. Um, There was a story, uh, forgive me if the person's in the room, I I repent right now, Uh, but I need to say this. That um, someone had given me a coin. And that person said that a prophet prayed over the coin. It was a gold dollar. And they gave me this coin and said, this is the beginning of all the wealth that's going to come to your hands. And I looked at it, and I was very nice, cordial, and I said, thank you. Got in the car after the meeting was over. This just happened recently. Drove out, was headed down the road. And I'm like, get this out of my car. I will not have a silver or a gold dollar that has been prayed over by some prophet. I don't know, okay? With the hopes that it's prophetically going to pour out wealth. I threw it out the window, and, and I felt like I needed to do this. I had to take action. I physically had to get rid of it. It wasn't me just saying, you know, spiritual weirdness, all that kind of stuff. I felt like that I had to get rid of it. And then when I did that, I felt guilty because I was like, well, wait a second. So it's, it's gone now. It's, I, I threw it out the window. <laughs> and I was driving down the road, and, and I, 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 I was like, well, I, I, I don't want to dishonor that person. Like, I don't care about the gold coin. I, but that person, what a beautiful heart, what a beautiful soul that person was to give me that dollar, and and it was like supposed to be a blessing, right? So out of guilt, I stopped the car, I turned around and tried to go find it, and I stopped, and it was in a wide open area where it could have just like, you know, flip-flopped. I actually saw it flip-flop on the corner and hit the curb. I scoured that place for like 20 minutes, and it was not there. So I just say, God, you got rid of it. I mean, hey, I I listened, and I obeyed, and I threw it out the window, and it's gone. Poof. Poof. But I am not a believer in those kind of tactics. I believe in the word of God. And honestly, what, how prosperity comes is not uh, through a means of theological manipulation. I have, and I think all of us have had, heard too many messages on money. Because when you hear the word, generosity becomes us, the first thing that I hear in my mind is currency, finance. And uh, I want us to be challenged. Generosity has very little to do with money. It has a lot to do with you. Why did Jesus talk about money so much? It's because we value it. It's a means to an end of our desires in many ways. It's a tool to accomplish something. We know that. But God wants to challenge the whole idea we're not going to serve mammon. We're not going to serve this uh, spirit of materialism in our churches. That is not healthy, it is not biblical, it's not godly. It, in fact, God says, don't do this, right? So money is not the issue. It's the love of money. And Jesus didn't use money to feed the 4,000 and the 5,000 men. He made their needs. He met their needs by appearing. He was there. He was the means of the end for their need. Okay, it didn't require money. We need, as Christians, we need to be more like him. We need to act like him. You know, he wants us to be an extension of him, right? Wasn't Jesus generous? How was Jesus generous? I would throw some things out there. You guys know the Bible. Some of you guys don't know the Bible, and that's okay. But how did Jesus become generous to his followers and to the people that he loved. Healing the sick? Yeah. Spending time. Gave his life. That's right. He forgave. He gave himself. In first, uh, Second Corinthians 9, 6 through 15, I want you to to jump into this verse here with me. If you have your Bibles, jump there. Um, I do want to take one quick second um, before I start reading. Grace Capital Church. Who has spent any time thinking about our name? A few? Did you just take it verbatim and just be like, oh, that's just their name? They misspelled the, uh, the A-L, right? Because we, we started in the capital region, O-L, right? Okay, so it was just me that thought that? <laughs> I thought, you know, for, um, it's got to be Grace Capital Church, and they just misspelled it somehow. And they used capital A-L for finances, for currency, But there's a very intentional reason why we call the church Grace, Capital Church. Why the name was given to Peter, and I think prophetically. Because grace is the currency we operate in. Grace is the currency we operate in. In the end, all you have is people. No finances, no nothing. Heaven and hell. All that is in between heaven and hell are people. And God desires to fill his kingdom with you. And so we, need, we as people need to operate in the currency of grace. So in case you wondered, what is Grace Capital Church all about? That's it. It's very intentional that we use the AL. Okay? Cool. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15, it says here, as it is written, this is Jesus talking here, he, well, it's Paul, okay, but let's just put it here. He has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. What is the poor? The reason why I need to start here is we need to have an understanding of what it means to be poor. Did you not know that each one of you in this room are poor? Okay, this is going to rock some people who have been told the opposite. When we view ourselves as poor, we can receive. When we view ourselves as poor, we are opening our hearts to receive. Because Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. Do you want to inherit the kingdom of God? If you don't want to inherit the kingdom of God, then you're rich. You could be self-sustaining, rich, I don't need you, Jesus. What he's talking about is a perspective. What it means to be poor is that you have need. It's not just a uh, specific class of people that are living in poverty. No, it's a, it's a heart position. And those, we say, we, um, often we look at our, our conditions, and we are rich. By, mo- by most standards across this world, we are rich. Right? But God wants a people who are poor in spirit. That's not a sh- you know, disheveled kind of like, You know, this mindset of being poor, meaning that you're in poverty, means that you are in a place of spiritual need. And only Jesus is the one that can actually come and bestow the kingdom of heaven to you. And I want to say that if we view ourselves in the aspect of material wealth as being rich, then we have really lost our way. Our material doesn't matter. The clothes on your back don't matter. The cars that you drive don't matter. None of that matters. It'll never matter. In fact, if we ever look at ourselves that way, then honestly, that's an arrogance that blocks us from God's blessing. We need to be in need of the, of the kingdom of heaven every day. So, uh... I want to continue here in scripture. He says this, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Okay? do You see that he's talking about spiritual things here? Spiritual things. Righteousness does not equate to money. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which does now tie in money and other things which through us will produce thanksgiving to god for the ministry of his service is not only supplying the needs of the saints but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to god by their approval of this service they will glorify god because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of christ in the generosity of your contribution for them and for others while, we, oh, while they long for you and pray for you because of the, the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. That's an exclamation point. Thanks be to God for your inexplic- inexplicable gift. Inexpressive gift. When we are generous, we are displaying a generous God. The tie in with this scripture is that it is a you are, be, you are conduits of his grace and you are conduits of, of generosity when you live in such a way. When we're generous, we're displaying God. Um, you need to understand that when you sow seed, you will reap from what you sow. When you give yourself away, God fills in the back what you give away. And sometimes it hurts, and sometimes it leaves you kind of wondering, like, wow, is that, that, actually, that actually hurt to give away myself. But it's really important for us to be like this. Last week we said all people matter and sometimes when we, have, when we say that all people matter it means that we're giving ourselves away in ways that hurts. It, it gets our, our hands get dirty. Like I said last week, our hands get dirty. We need to get our hands dirty to love like Jesus loved. God wants us to live differently in this world than everyone else. He wants us to submit to his ways. When you are a gracious person, you are giving God an opportunity to do miracles in other people's lives. Gracious living is more than tithing. And I want to say thank you guys. Oh goodness. Thank you guys for tithing, for sowing into this ministry so we can do miracles in this city it really means a lot for everybody i just want you to know that right now i don't know who gives i um i used to know (laughs) i was that guy in the back end you know on the computer i i had a lot of um administrative rights and when i stepped into pastoring i actually those rights i've turned off because I don't care about how much you give. I care about your heart. And, and I care about the obedience. And so I'll just ask you, are you tithing? <laughs> Awkward conversation. But no, um, I want to say thank you for those that do. Because I, I see that those that tithe are spiritually mature. They understand the, the aspect of reaping and sowing. They understand about how God equips... The church and the saints. When I say the church, I'm talking all of you guys, not just the guys giving the message or the guys doing the worship or the, you know, uh, the tools and the things that we have here. I want you to know just how uh, grateful I am uh, when I see that, and um, it it has more gracious living is more than just. Meeting others' needs financially. Okay? It's giving yourself away as a lifestyle. When you live graciously, it is a lifestyle of giving yourself away. And when you do, you're releasing your rights just as Jesus released his rights. And I would not be standing on this stage in this room with all the things that we have been able to do with this building if there was not another church that did the exact same thing. They gave up their rights to this building for us to come in and totally wreck it for them. <laughs> it actually looks pretty good. I, I, um, I'm blown away. And they're great. They're they're an amazing church, and, and they are thankful that we have come in because spiritually it's done something in them. They gave their rights up just as Jesus gave up his rights, and they're living like Jesus, and they're experiencing the blessing of the Spirit of God in their own church. That other church is New Life Community Church or Harvest. Is it still Harvest, or is that somehow used to be in the name but it's yeah new life community church it's another four square church by the way we're we're like sister churches and i think that's wonderful you know operating in one in one way i want to read to you uh, from second kings four think this that you become generous because he is generous and when we become people who give up our time, our trust, our means to help other, others, um, God does miracles in other people's lives. In 2 Kings 4, it says this um, in verse 3. Then he said, go outside. And this is, let me just back up a second here. This is Elisha. Elisha who was under the study of Elijah has now moved on to do miracles and Elisha is here doing a miracle for a woman who um, her husband passed away. Her son was about to be uh, put into slavery to pay for the debts that her husband had had built up. And she comes running to this prophet, Elisha. Jesus, God put Elisha, right in, the, in her path to perform a miracle. We all focus on Elisha in this story, and, and so this is Elisha speaking to the woman. Go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels essentially starting from the little bit that she had. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then... The oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debts, and you and your son can live on the rest. That was a miracle. That's like winning the lottery without tax. Okay, that's like pure provision from God that god provided currency for her actual physical money through the sale of the oil here's where we need to focus on if you were her neighbor would you have given her your jar would you have given her your empty jar Because when you are a gracious people, when you are a giving people, when you have given yourself away, what is mine is yours. And what is yours is mine. And I'll be honest, if those neighbors were not gracious and didn't give her the jars, would have there been a miracle? There would have been no miracle. We as people need to be that gracious that we give of our time our resources, are what we have. This American culture, thank, I am a man who believes in capitalism. But I will say that capitalism without grace and without love is evil. Okay? Just like Jesus said to his people, I want you to, to collect the wheat in your fields, but I don't want you to glean all the way to the ends of the fields, I want you to glean, I want you to to leave a strip around your fields so that the poor can come through. Those that don't have the means to to, to provide for themselves and then pick up what was left over so that they can eat, so that they can survive. That was one way that God used his people to provide for others' needs. So in the same way, we need to be gracious people that love people because people matter. Grace becomes, graciousness, generosity becomes us. When we show this, this living example to the world around us, then all of a sudden the world sees something different. When we're giving up ourselves for others, there's a contagiousness that takes place in in the hearts of those around us. When you're around other people that are giving, you know what? It actually, do you you know that at some banquets they have people that um, start the giving? Because when you see one person give, you're like, oh, I gotta give too. (laughs) It's true. I've seen this happen. They give and others give you it's contagious you want to give it's 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 something that the spirit of god placed in us so when we give the world sees something very different and then generosity becomes them the people that received from you the good things then become generous we lead by example and others will follow you know, if we live like this, they're not going to see hypocrisy, they're going to see authenticity. Amen? It's true. You can't be generous and disingenuous unless you have the prosperity gospel implanted in your brain. That's why the American church has been so hurt. Okay? Okay? You're not going to give because you're going to be padding your bank accounts. You're going to be giving because Jesus said to be gracious people. And Grace Capital, I'm, a, I'm part of an incredible church with incredible people that give, that, that pour out their resources, that build amazing ministries and, and touch so many people's lives. You know, I got a brag on our Pembroke campus, um, our children's director... Um, Pastor Sherry Terrian had this vision to go to Morningstar and she and Pastor Kevin and and Pastor Richie and a few others went out there, actually Victoria was over there and and reached out to the refugee population out there and they, they have great need. Not just physical need but spiritual need. And you should see just the life and the um, the excitement that they have. When, when the uh, GCC team shows up, it's like all of a sudden it's like an outdoor fair <laughs> and all the kids and all the families come out and they do barbecues out there. We need to be doing that here. We need to be doing that in the streets of Manchester. We need to be blanketing the streets with our generosity and our love, which is what we're going to do. And... Um, when those kids get the bikes the beam of light that that comes off of their faces is just so intense and it just spurs you on you know Um, you're giving up of yourselves and when you are generous Jesus gets the glory when you're generous they see a generous God And God gets glory for the way that you live your lives. So I want us to finish. And in Matthew 26, verse 13, it says, Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. You guys can come up. We're going to sing a song and worship together. But I want us to hear this. Why did I bring up Matthew 26, 13? It's because this is when the woman from Bethany anointed Jesus before she died, before he was crucified with alabaster oil, which was essentially a one, it's one year's wages for any man that was working. One year's wages. The alabaster oil was so valuable. And, and actually... When we are religious in our giving and we, we live with a uh, prosperity gospel mentality, um, it's interesting if you read this scripture. And this is when Judas went away and, and sold Jesus out because he was filled with greed, he was filled with this evil. He was. He was sickened by the fact that this woman would pour out so much money on Jesus. And Jesus said, look, the poor you will have with you. But what she did, listen, she gave away what she had. She was gracious in her giving. She was generous. And Jesus honored her by putting this in Scripture for thousands of years for billions of people to read. I say to you, whenever this gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. What an honor. When you give of yourself, God honors you because you're acting like him. I would love to be known by others as being generous and I'll be honest with you I myself struggle with materialism I don't have much but you don't you can be poor and struggle with materialism do you know what I'm saying and I am checked constantly by how i view others and how i view the things that god has given me he is a generous god that pours out his favor and his love and his your needs are met he knows your needs and he knows the needs of the people beside you let us be people like the neighbors of that woman who would give away our jars They didn't get them back for quite some time. In fact, I think she probably wasn't able to give back those jars because they got sold. They were gone. (laughs) Let us give away ourselves and our rights, and let us be free. I want to be in God's pleasure and when i am generous that that joy that god has i feel it's a simple idea but i feel as though we we need as a people we need to do more hear me out i'm not talking money i'm talking about yourselves like you said, you give yourself away. You give yourself away. Because you're not your own. You were bought with a price. You are God's tool for doing good work in this world. You're the vessel that God has chosen to do the work in this world. So, let's worship God. The, the song that we had sung... Love came down, giving up our our rights to him. Let's stand here. Father, I just want to say thank you that, Lord, you have given us just tremendous hearts of of, uh, gracious giving, generosity. I pray that we would be challenged to go above and beyond to meet the needs of others in our community. I can't wait to hear the stories of how we were able to release ourselves to meet the needs of others. Let us never say, no, I, I, I can't do that. I, I just can't give that away. I, can, I just can't give that up. I, I, I'm holding on to this too tightly. There are people in this church that have needs. Without me from the pulpit speaking to the needs or the needs specifically, I pray that you would put on the hearts of those who speak to their hearts right now how we can love each other. God desires this body, this church, to love sacrificially. God desires this church to love beyond not as guilt not as coercion but purely out of love and and compassion so father i pray right now that you would flood our hearts with the compassion even the compassion and the adoration that the woman from bethany had for jesus i pray that we would have for our neighbor that we would give away our, our jars, give away our, our things and our, ourselves for others. Lord. This is something that challenges us so, so much. But Father God, you have blessed us with so much. And I pray that for every one of us in this room that we receive from you because we are poor. We are poor in spirit because we desire the kingdom of God. God, let our minds and our our perspective of what it means to be poor be changed. Let us receive from you the kingdom of God so that we can give it away. That we can touch people, Lord. Eternally. Eternally. (laughs) <laughs> I, hope that's, I hope that's not even in your mind. Because that's not it. Christians do not have to vow poverty. But what they do need to vow is generosity and to live extravagantly in giving. I tell you a quick story. I, I this one family that is um so so dear to me. They had a lot of stuff, to <laughs> be honest with you. They were packed. I mean, it, but they didn't live like that. They, I was the recipient of such grace and such generosity. Hopping on their boat, going out wakeboarding, I had the life. <laughs> because they knew what it meant to be generous I got to drive around their boats and their cars and things like that they let me have the house when they were gone on their vacations and such and what I learned was the material stuff didn't matter the heart of generosity was huge in them took me out to eat all the time and who am I? I was just a kid you know okay I was their son's best friend I mean he was my best friend but the, the thing is is that they treated mother like a son they treated and we need to treat each other that good So if you get anything out of tonight, I pray that that's what you hear: is the generosity of gracious, extravagant living, giving yourself away. Cool? Love you guys. And we'll uh, thank you again for that amazing thing you guys did. And um, just, it's humbling to be here as your pastor. I love you guys so dearly. And uh, it's pretty rad. Have a great night. And uh, we'll see you next week. Oh, and don't forget, if you haven't... um, Dropped off candy. There's a big thing, uh, a big steel container out there. As you walk out with candy, we need like tons of candy for people. <laughs> so uh, think of your trunk. If you could fill your trunk with candy, just bring it, and uh, and then we'll just we'll back your car, and, and that will be one of the trunks so let's let's and that's another way of being able to live extravagantly and give these kids a serious sugar coma and um and love on these people uh, one area of clarity i don't mean to be the the uh boohoo killer whatever that meant. but uh we are going to be doing an outreach we are going to be doing an outreach to the folks out there for hallo- for the halloween um period of time i know that that rubs some people the wrong way okay just like Victoria here uh, I didn't grow up doing Halloween but uh, what we are going to do is love on folks out there if you do not feel as though you have the permission to be out there doing this amen can you come here and pray over us okay there's a reality of the spiritual darkness out there we need to be the light that pierces that darkness pray over us and and we do need people to help serve so come out and let's lavish love on these people and um, last thing don't dress up okay I know that's like what? it's Halloween don't dress up come just as you are you don't need to dress up to love on people okay. Um, I went back and forth. I just, in my heart, we're going to love people. It's not a religious thing. I have a ninja costume. (laughs) I don't really. (laughs) But I would have a ninja costume. But no, for reals, um, I want you guys to just be love to those people and welcome them in. And, um, And if God puts puts it on your heart to even then bring them into the building and tell them about Grace Capital Church, do that. It's going to be a great time. So we will have worship and we will have a word, but it's going to be like micro-worship and micro-word because we need to get out there. We have a short window of time to be there out there for people. All right? God bless you guys.